You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Recently, I went on an RV trip with one of my girlfriends, and when we were ready for bed, she mentioned that she started taking a small dose of THC. This is medical cannabis, and it came in a gummy form, and that it really helped her with her sleep issues. So one of the things that she was really happy about was that she was able to get off of the sleeping pills that her internist gave her. It was a prescription uh, called Ambien, and that this little THC gummy... You know, she didn't have any of those morning hangover side effects that she did get from her sleep meds. Now, I usually sleep pretty well in my RV, but I wanted to see what she was talking about. And, and you know, honestly, I've only tried marijuana once in my life, and that was in high school and, that, what, 44 years ago, something like that. And all I know is that, you know, when I was young, that one puff just made me really sick, so I never did it again. But when I took this one five milligram THC gummy, honestly, I did anything. I fell asleep as usual, you know, but when I woke up, that was when I was amazed. I got much deeper sleep. I really felt the difference. I really even felt like my body didn't even move at all. And so, and I even checked my sleep tracker and sure enough, my, my deep sleep went up um, over 25%, which is very difficult for me to reach. Now this got me really interested in the, the, how cannabis can help with sleep disorders. You know, so if you have difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, getting restful, deeper sleep, then you know what? We're going to do a deep dive today into cannabis and its benefits for sleep health. And who are we going to do that with? And this is our Dr. Jordan Tischler. He's a Harvard-trained cannabis specialist and founder of Inhale MD. He's the leading expert in the field of cannabis therapeutics, as well as a best-selling author, professor, and a nationally sought-after speaker. Welcome back to Wellness for Life, Dr. Jordan. Hey, thank you. It's great to be back. It's quite a story that you were telling it was amazing. I mean, like, I'm not someone who's going to use that regularly, but I just wanted to know because I wanted to be able to recommend it to my patients as needed for specific types of conditions, you know, and that's why I wanted you here. Give us more of the details of, you know, what are the types of sleep issues that cannabis can help? Yeah. Um, you know, the basic breakdown comes to this. Um, cannabis can be really effective sleep. Um, but as with all medicines and cannabis in particular, it's really about doing it the right way so that we get the right benefit. Um, and so one of the things that we know is that a little cannabis can be helpful for sleep, but that higher doses can actually uh, backfire and, and make us less restful. Um, and so we want to stick to that, that low Dose and so the five milligrams that you mentioned is is exactly the right range. Um, certainly, there are people who need a little bit more, but by a little bit more, I mean okay, ten milligrams or fifteen milligrams, uh, as opposed to you know on the recreational side, people are sort of more used to taking things like fifty, a hundred, two hundred, um, and and that actually has been shown in a series of studies to be able to make sleep worse. And so you know the literature is very mixed in that way. Um, when I think about insomnia, um, you know, it really, it's important to break down the issue into difficulty getting to sleep versus difficulty staying asleep. Um, most people fall into one or the other of those categories. Certainly there are some unlucky folks who have 
both of those things. Um, and that presents a little bit more challenge, but not a tremendous problem. And, and the reason that this is important is that the approach to people who are having trouble getting to sleep uh, needs to be something that's relatively fast acting, right? And so that's where we would turn to our friend inhaled cannabis, which just to repeat myself for your audience, if they haven't heard some of our previous episodes, I'm a proponent of if we're going to inhale this because it's rapid acting, that what we'd want to do is not smoke it because smoking isn't very good for us. And we want to use a vaporizer, but by that I mean specifically a flower vaporizer because those machines are more sophisticated and allow us to get the medicine without burning any of the plant material. But those little oil pens that are all over the place that people call vapes are just kind of not very sophisticated devices and actually combust the oil and, and then expose us to sort of the same kind of toxins that we were trying to avoid. Um, so a, a couple of puffs on the flower vaporizer right before bed is really good for people who just need to settle, you know, who need a little bit of a help putting the day away, uh, getting their mind to relax and stop racing and, and that sort of thing. The people who have Dr. Jordan, I just wanted to ask you. I'm on a roll. Here. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Let me. Let, I'm going to let you finish, but I wanted to um, ask about you know at least when I had the gummy, I didn't feel anything. You, when it, when you're talking about using the vaporizer, you actually is it's a fast acting. So depending on the individual, for instance, I sleep. I can fall asleep fine. For people who have trouble using the vaporizer, may be actually the best choice. At least for me. It's when I'm asleep, I wake up in the middle of the night. So maybe the gummy did a better job for me to keep me asleep. Precisely. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, you know, for the people who are trouble getting to sleep, we want that fast acting and that's what we get from inhalation. But when we're thinking about the people who are waking up, like you were describing, then the fast acting stuff really isn't the right idea at all because the chances are it's going to wear off in the middle of the night before we needed to do it, you know, to, to keep you asleep. So when we take cannabis orally in the gummy, for example, um, we're actually getting a different medicine, right? The, the stuff that we inhale is called Delta 9 THC. When we take that same Delta 9 THC by mouth, the first thing that happens once it's absorbed is it gets transformed by the liver into a different medicine, a related medicine, but a different one called 11-hydroxy-THC. And that medicine just behaves differently because it's a different chemical. And as a result, it's our long-acting form. So it takes a while to kick in, so it's not good for the people who need to get to sleep, but it, when it kicks in, it lasts longer, and that's good for the people who need to be carried through the night. And that's why those gummies were ideal for you. Do you ever recommend to do both for individuals that need to fall asleep and stay asleep? I used to, um, but I don't so much anymore, and here's why. Um, what I found was it became complicated and cumbersome for people to do both, and um, it, it tended to lead to people using uh, higher doses than, than were beneficial. So what I've actually transitioned to that I think works better and is simpler is to continue to use that um, oral stuff, that the, the gummy, but 
to advance the time of administration from bedtime to about an hour earlier, right? So if it's going to take on average an hour or so to kick in because it's a, a gummy, then rather than taking it right at bedtime, we'll take it an hour, an hour and 15 minutes before our anticipated bedtime, and then it will kick in and help us get to sleep as well as stay asleep. Mm, that's a good point of the timing. Thank you. You know, uh, Dr. Jordan, um, people are concerned that this can be an addictive um, situation, just as sleeping pills might be, you know, prescription sleeping pills. A lot of people cannot get off of it. They can't sleep if they even try to wean off of it. Um, t- tell us about that downside. Is there a downside to THC and using it as a sleep aid? I think that all medicines have downsides and uh, cannabis is no different and we can't sort of sweep that under the rug in our enthusiasm for for this new stuff. Um, But what I can tell you is this, um, the risk with cannabis of those kinds of addictive or, or dependent situations is actually considerably less than many other medications. So, for example, you mentioned uh, Ambien, um, and, uh, and, and sort of related to that are the benzodiazepines. And what we know is that dependence on those medications forms at about a rate of 18% meaning, you know, sort of one in five-ish people who use it is likely to have trouble getting back off it. Um, Cannabis, the number is somewhere around 7%, which, by the way, is also the number for people who have trouble becoming uh, dependent on caffeine from their morning coffee. So you can see that in terms of risks, it's not only a third the risk, but... um, but it's also kind of in keeping with many substances we don't give a lot of thought to. Um, So that's kind of the risk side of things. But the other thing I think is important for us to remember is that the risk has to be factored with, you know, what are the actual complications? So when you use cannabis and you stop it abruptly, if you're in that 7%, what happens is you get kind of cranky and you have trouble sleeping for somewhere between three and seven days, and then those symptoms kind of go away. Whereas if you're using a benzodiazepine or something like that, and you stop it, um, you know, all manner of things can happen, including seizures, um, if you're too abrupt about it. And so coming off a benzo or similar is something that you don't want to do by yourself. It's something that you really want to do very slowly and under the supervision of, of your, of your uh, doctor or care team. So overall, to your question, I think it's not a zero risk, but it's a whole lot less than a lot of the other options. Um, and that the outcome, if you have this negative outcome, is, is annoying, but certainly not harmful. Mm. Um, so are you, are you saying that, uh, let's say that someone is having sleep trouble, uh, once they use THC, they can also see and wean them off um, and then see if they can reset their own sleeping hygiene sleep cycle? Uh, You know, that's a very good question. Um, I would have to say that the majority of my patients who have insomnia end up using these very low doses of cannabis, but they end up using it pretty regularly. Um, So the idea that you could use it kind of to get yourself into a rested state and then stop it and see if you don't just kind of continue sleeping well um, is a very interesting one. 
but it, I've just not seen that. You know, part of the issue is that most people who come to me, you know, this is sort of because of the nature of cannabis being kind of a little bit more fringy at the moment. Um, most people come to me sort of at the end of their rope, right? They've had insomnia where they've gotten two, three, four hours of sleep, you know, every night for 50 years kind of thing. And they've been on every medication under the sun and they're sort of limping along on Ambien or Benzo and uh, worried that those things are going to be addictive or they're, that they're going to have cognitive decline around those things. Um, and so they're coming to me, uh, you know, sort of the hardest of the hard cases of insomnia. And so those people generally do pretty well on cannabis, but there's really very little incentive to sort of take the cannabis away and see if everything got better. Uh, I think that it's quite reasonable to think that if somebody were not quite uh, as diehard in the insomniac that, you know, taking it away at some point and seeing if things aren't just better is a great idea. Um, I'm the first to say, look, if you don't need a medicine anymore, don't take it. Uh, and occasionally I have patients who, who leave my practice because they're all better. And I think that's awesome. It just doesn't happen very often. Mm, thank you for that. I, I know you've been dealing with cannabis for many, many years, so you have that history and seeing the different types of cases. Uh, what is in cannabis? Now, you mentioned that two, there's two different ways of the delivery system, and it actually changes the molecular uh, type, the mole molecule of the THC. It changes from one to another if you ingest it or you vaporize it. What's going on with the cannabis, though? What is it about it? Why does it make us so sleepy? You know, that, that's an awesome question. Um, but I don't think we know the answer to it at this point. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, from what I understand of the science of sleep at the moment is that we really don't understand sleep very well at all. And uh, in that our, you know, that has limited our ability to generate therapeutic options. Um, and and our, our approach at this point really is that we find a medicine that seems to make people sleepy and we use it as opposed to sort of trying to design a medication that will make people sleepy. I'm really not aware of any uh, reasonable explanation for why cannabis makes you sleepy. It just seems to. Mm. Um, so the, the thing that I remember when I started looking into uh, cannabis was for a patient of mine who had cancer. And uh, it was stage four cancer, and um, it ended up being that she was in dire straits and in a great deal of pain. So um, I did a lot of research. She did both the allopathic route, but she also came to see me for her nutritional counseling and um, energy. Uh, but we found that cannabis really helped her with her pain control. And often people can't sleep because they're in pain. They're stiff, they've got back pain, they've got headaches, they've got shoulder, neck stress, whatever it is. So can you relate a little bit about how if you have pain and cannabis can help with that, plus help you get deeper uninterrupted sleep? Absolutely. I think, you know, I think that all of your listeners can identify with the idea that if you're having severe pain, you know, from something maybe as benign as just a back strain, it becomes really impossible to sleep. And of course, becoming sleep deprived 
makes the pain worse, right? And it just kind of makes you overall less able to cope with all the crap that you're dealing with. Um, so there, the, the, that pain and sleep and also anxiety kind of all become intertwined in this big, messy ball. And uh, if we can start to address any or all of those things, then we make things better. And, you know, cannabis is not the, the sort of medicine that makes pain go away in the sense of, you know, if you get a headache, uh, say an ordinary tension headache, and you take some aspirin or, or Advil or something, and the headache goes away, that's not really what we would expect cannabis to do. But what it does, and, and this is hard for people to really wrap their heads around, is that there's kind of this like perception of pain, like I'm thinking about my knee and my knee is hurting me, I'm aware of that. But then there's also this emotional reaction to that pain. Man, that really hurts, I wish you would stop hurting, right? That's where the cannabis comes in. What I say is, it doesn't take the pain away, but it takes away the suffering, that emotional response that is so unpleasant. And so if you say have that knee pain and you are using cannabis and you say, hmm, does my knee still hurt? The answer is yes, I can tell my knee is still hurting. Does it bother me? Do I care? No, I feel okay. And that's a very strange way of thinking about things, but that seems to be what it's doing for us. And so again, going back to your patient who had the cancer, you know, here's somebody who's having trouble sleeping. Her pain is terrible, which is making her sleeping worse. She's probably anxious about the pain. She's anxious about the fact that she has metastatic cancer. And all of those things that go into that sort of horrible ball of wax are things that we can address using this very small doses of cannabis. I think that, you know, um, the way I saw it was that it really helps with the threshold of pain. It actually raises it. So you're not triggered by the pain. You, it, like you said, it doesn't like completely disappear, but the threshold is higher and you can tolerate better. And uh, your day-to-day -day, uh, daily activities are, you can go and do other things without it pushing and triggering that pain at an earlier stage. Absolutely. You know, there was an interesting study from maybe a year or 18 months ago um, done by, by a colleague out at uh, McLean Hospital, which is one of our mental health institutions here. And she's been doing a lot of research on the cognitive effect of cannabis over the years, mostly in sort of um, healthy volunteers, um, where she had shown that, you know, cannabis led to a decrease in cognitive function amongst, you know, healthy people, which really doesn't surprise me. Um, but what was much more interesting in this study that, I, that I'm mentioning is that she found that the cognitive function in people who were sick, meaning they were using cannabis because they were trying to treat a problem, their cognitive function went up right? And you can start to think about that and go, well, of course that's true, right? If they're sick and uncomfortable and worried about being sick and all of that sort of stuff, that's going to have a negative impact on their cognitive function. So if, again, we can use cannabis to get in there and help them feel better, both physically and emotionally, 
then of course they're going to be able to bring their faculties to bear on whatever we're looking for much better. And it's the same thing with your patients, that just being able to have that kind of relief to get the good night's sleep, that's going to make getting through the day much, much easier. And that's really what it's all about, right? Oh, absolutely. It sounds to me we can say that uh, cannabis can be like an adaptogenic. Adaptogenic, it helps your body uh, strengthen its functionality. And, and of course, when we get sleep, we always feel physically better, emotionally sound, mental clarity gets sharper, don't, doesn't it? I'd like to ask one more question before we go. Thank you, uh, Dr. Journey. There's, um, there's different kinds of THC. Uh, you know, when my, my girlfriend was talking to me about the different types, she got the one that's for sleep, but she's mentioned a specific strain. I'd like you to just mention that a little bit so that we know that there's different kinds of strains available out there. Yeah, so that's an interesting uh, kettle of fish. Um, so just uh, backing up for a second, THC, um, or more specifically Delta-9 THC, is a molecule. So it is itself. Um, there, there aren't different types of Delta-9 THC. Um, but what you're talking about is all the different types of cannabis, which are often called strains. Um, and there's this divide that people talk about of indica on the one hand and sativa on the other. And there's often sort of ascribed to these things different characteristics. So people will say, well, the indicas are the ones that will make you sleepy. So if you're having trouble sleeping, you should use an indica. Unfortunately, what we know is that that's more about marketing than it is about reality. And that if we take uh, indica strain and we take a sativa strain, which is kind of supposed to be the opposite, and we actually do chemical analysis, they're very much overlapping. Um, and the truth is that any strain, whether it's an indica or a sativa, is likely to make you sleepy. Uh, so when it comes to uh, treating patients, I actually tell people don't worry about the strain very much. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's great for the, for people who are selling cannabis to be able to say, look, I've got this one and look, I've got that one. And this is good for this. And this is good for that. But there's really no scientific evidence to suggest that that's true. And it's really more about being able to sell, you know, more product. Um, so what I tell people is, look, whether we're using this as an edible or through the vaporizer, don't focus on strain. Don't focus on the indica versus sativa thing. Focus on getting either the right number of milligrams, if we're talking about something that's oral, or if we're talking about flour to put in the vaporizer, we want sort of medium potency stuff, meaning 15 to 20% THC, so that we kind of get the full benefit of the cannabis, not just the THC, but all of the other chemicals that come along with the THC that help it do its job. And so that medium potency is, is the best stuff for that. Ah, oh, thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Jordan. Dr. Jordan, your website is inhalemd.com and you are taking... You got it, thank you. Right? You take patients? Absolutely. We're doing full telemedicine at this point. So whether you're here in my home state of Massachusetts or across the country or frankly across the globe, uh, we can take care of you and we can figure out how to work with the rules and availabilities in your locality. So, you know, what I think is most important, of course, is getting knowledgeable care 
and guidance. Uh, and that's what we're all about. So it doesn't matter where you are. We're here to help with that sort of thing. Thank you so much, Dr. Jordan. That's Dr. Jordan Tischler, inhalemd.com. You know, definitely go in and t- check his website out because I truly believe, I mean, THC is a medical medical um, product. So it's important that you get to understand, you know, do you have certain conditions that THC can help? And Dr. Jordan will be able to help you with that. Thank you for listening to this show. I know you learned a great deal of valuable information. Definitely share it with your loved ones. It can change your life for the better, especially if they're having sleep disorders. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. My contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.